Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians wrote that married couples should not deprive each other of sexual intimacy. That's in 1 Corinthians 7.5. It's really important to enjoy that special gift in your marriage, but it can be a real challenge when you're raising children. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. Greg, that's a really important verse, and um, from your observation, I, I know some couples have really missed this one, the importance of it. Yeah, and they misuse it. Sadly, a lot of individuals within the marriage use this as a way to control, to manipulate their spouse around sex. And it's so important to understand that the Apostle Paul, as he's writing this, is emphasizing how important sex is in a marriage. So he's saying this amazing gift from God, you two need to be having sex because of all the benefits it has on you as individuals, but also for you as a couple. Now, sadly, the way it's misused is it's used to control, manipulate. But the truth is that when Paul writes the words that don't deprive one another, it's key that we understand what the word deprive means. Deprive means to withhold something for a long period of time. So what Paul's actually saying is that it's okay to refuse a request for sex like that should that should be okay. Like as a spouse, if you're like having, I don't feel good tonight. Right, or if you're having a bad day or just yeah. something's going on and that's not where you're at, that's perfectly one hundred percent okay. And that's what Paul's saying. What he's saying, the problem is now if you get into creating a sexless marriage to where you're depriving one another of sex for long periods of time, that's not okay. And you need to go and get help. Mm. But that verse should never, ever, ever be used as a way to manipulate, guilt your spouse into having sex. That is not what the Apostle Paul meant through that verse at all. Okay, good clarification. And uh, we're going to have now some time with Bill and Pam Farrell as they talk to Jim Daly about uh, the importance of making time for intimacy with your spouse. Bill and Pam, one of the things, and it really is the next phase, when you look at a home that's been very kid-centric, and I think the Christian community can fall into this trap where you're so kid-centric, in addition to the divorce rate we talked about, the highest, one of the highest divorce periods in marriage is when it's empty nest, Mm -hmm. when your kids are gone and you look at each other and you go, I don't know you because they haven't done the things that you've talked about. And our purpose left home. Exactly. And (laughs) really both Bill and I have a ministry to that midlife section. I have SeasonSisters.com where women 40 and above get encouraged. Bill has Midlife Men, Midlife.com. And that's one of the reasons why we're trying to build into those midlife marriages because everything piles on. If you think about it, um, you're dealing with teens and tweens and maybe you had a bonus baby after 40. So now there's hot flashes and toddlers. Life can feel pretty unfair at times. You have menopause. You have a man in midlife crisis. Maybe you're taking care of your aging parents as you're paying for weddings and cars and proms and colleges, and it just seems so overwhelming. So it's really easy to just drift apart during those years. And so you need to make a conscious effort to stoke the fires, to fan that flame, to spend time with each other, and really look forward to um, creating red-hot monogamy once the nest does empty. But if you haven't done these things Mm -hmm. over the last 10 years, is there still hope? 
again, anybody can restart. It's the beauty of life. Is it any at any point that we want to say, you know what, I want to create a new beginning, and I just want to kind of restart things. You can do it at any point. And that's really, in Red Hot Monogamy, it's like an eight-week guidebook to turn up the temperature inside the bedroom. So for eight weeks, if you just set aside the next eight weeks, let's rekindle our romance. Let's make this a priority. Let's put it on the front burner. Anybody can restart their relationship. Some great advice from Bill and Pam Farrell about maintaining times of romance with your spouse. And Aaron, they address how it's never too late for couples to rekindle their romance. Um, what advice do you have for those couples who are really struggling with this? Well, first and foremost, it's recognizing that there is a valuable opportunity here, that God gave us this gift and it's worth fighting for. So first and foremost, if you're struggling, you know what, build the emotional connection. What can you do to ignite your relationship with more emotional connection as well as some adventure maybe, you know, doing something new on a date night and just taking time to know each other in that emotional sense. You know, maybe it's spending at least 10 minutes a day. There's strong research showing that 10 minutes a day of really talking about that inner life stuff, that heart stuff, your dreams, desires, fears, aspirations, really breathes just deep connection with each other. That is so important for a woman to feel emotionally connected to her husband as they progress forward into a sexual experience. Mm. So there's an opportunity there just to a value that this is valuable. This is important in our relationship, but how do we start by building that emotional connection? And John, I think for me, one of the best pieces of advice as a young husband is I had a mentor that helped me understand that true romance is not the gifts, not the candle at dinners. It's not bringing your wife home a gift card or chocolate flowers. All that stuff can enhance romance. But he explained that that's, it's not the essence of romance. He said that the essence of romance is curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget just looking at him like, what? what, what help me understand this. And, and the more that he explained this, the more that it made sense. And then even through our 27 years of marriage, I get it. That romance really happens when two people are truly fascinated, intrigued, um, curious about each other. I mean, take two people and put them in the most romantic setting on earth somewhere in Hawaii, you know, candlelit dinner. And if they're not interested in one another... I mean, you talk about a flat evening versus you take two people who are really, truly curious and interested and fascinated by the other, and you can put them anywhere, put them in a parking lot on a you know snowy day, and, and sparks will be flying because romance is the result of me going, whoa, one lifetime isn't truly long enough to get to know Erin because she's always changing. And I want to stay curious. I want to keep pursuing knowledge about who she is in this particular season. What does she need? What does she want? How how can I best help her to feel loved? And when you commit to that sort of curiosity, it it just romance follows from that. Okay, so there is someone listening who's saying, I have lost my appetite for that curiosity. Mm. You know, I, I don't have it. So what are some things they can do? to kind of whet that appetite and get get going again on the curiosity part of the relationship. Well, it's recognizing that I don't know who this person is today. 
who are they today? They're not the same person I married 20, 30, 40 years ago. Hmm. They've changed. They've grown. Who are they today? And just setting aside that time to make it a priority to really sit and know who they are. Who doesn't like to have someone, especially your spouse, ask you about you? You know, just, hey, you know, tell me about your day. Tell me about what was the best thing about your day. Tell me about what was the hardest thing about your day. What are you looking forward to in the next week, the next month? Just general questions that can be so good to start that the conversation of curiosity. And John, we believe in this so much that we've created questions, so we'll put them in the show notes. But we've created, uh, there's hundreds of little conversation starters for couples because I, I need help. Like what, I want to ask Erin certain questions. What, what, what can I ask her? And so we've, we've made it so easy. So if you find yourself going, yeah, I have no appetite for this. I don't know where to begin. Simply download these questions, put them in your notes on your cell phone, whatever. And then, and then when you're at dinner, when you're driving together, when you're laying in bed at night, having coffee in the morning, just pull this list out, honestly, and just start asking these questions. I guarantee you that over time, that curiosity will return. Well, we have so many great resources. We'll have those questions. And then, of course, we've got the book, By the Ferals, Red Hot Monogamy. And uh, the list is free. We would ask for a generous gift of any amount to focus on the family. And we'll send that book to you as our thank you gift for joining the support team. Uh, The link for the book and that list are going to be in the show notes. And by the way, we have a new podcast that Greg and Aaron have just launched. It's called No Porn Marriage. Why don't you take just a moment and share what that's about? Well, pornography is an issue that have affected and impacted so many couples. And so Aaron and I want to tell our own story of, of how we've dealt with that within our own marriage. But then we've got some of the best experts giving real stories, real examples, real hope, real testimony, real uh, tips on how do you deal with this issue mm-hmm. in your marriage so that it actually can bring you closer together as you as you create a marriage that has no pornography in it. Mm-hmm. Well, look for the No Porn Marriage podcast. We've got a link for that in the show notes as well. We'll hear more from Bill and Pam Farrell next time. On behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team here, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.